It's a cool show. He's performing January 10th in Irvine, California. She's performing January 10th in Irvine, California. They are Mormon and the meth head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a radar fence. Listen to them talking to Mike. Seriously, though, come to the Improv in Irvine, California. The on Improv. January, <laughs> January there's a, that's a Thursday, right? Thursday, yeah. January 10th at the Improv in Irvine, California. We'll be performing. What other dates we got coming up, Jessa? Uh, California is where we get our most downloads, but uh, I've not been impressed with the Californians oh. coming to our California shows. Oh, you know what might help? Insulting them on the podcast. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> you know, uh, also oh, we did one show. You know, yeah. <laughs> we did one show is okay, and you know what I think we should do from here on out? Speak about those fans with contempt in a public forum. Uh, anyway, we've also got we've also got other fans that we want to uh, talk shit about. Oh yeah, Arizona. Let's talk. No, all right. Uh, January twenty sixth. January 26th, we are... In Glendale. In Glendale, California. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're so close. (laughs) Glendale, Arizona, (laughs) at Off the Cuff. (laughs) And uh, I should put a ticket link up for that. Yeah, because we're going to do one show, and if that sells out, we'll do a second show. And then the very next weekend, we are going to... Houston, California. <laughs> uh, right, Jess? Uh, Houston, Arizona. <laughs> February 1st and 2nd at Joke Joint Comedy Showcase. Joke Joint. Houston. Joke Joint. I also February. have some shows. Um, Lyle, Washington, Lincoln City, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, all coming up in the next month. Go ahead and check mormonandthemethhead.com for that. And Minneapolis, we are finally coming to you in March. March. These are all available on our website. Right now, it's Christmas Eve, I think, as you guys are listening to us. And we uh, hope you're excited for the holidays. Uh, We just wrapped up my birthday extravaganza weekend. In Baltimore, Jessa planned a whole weekend of fun stuff to do in Baltimore, and uh, it was a blast. And then we're traveling to a show, and then we are traveling back to different homes for Christmas, and uh, lots of traveling. So uh, we're not recording an episode for you guys, <laughs> you know. Uh, what we what our thought is, we want to release. Uh, a Patreon episode that we did a long time ago. It was one of our favorites with a comedian from Washington named Sam Miller. It was a fantastic interview. Really good. Gives you guys a taste of what uh, our Patreon is like, the kind of stuff that we do, and uh, a n- nice little treat for Christmas vacation. You know. And for those of you that are already patrons and have already heard that episode, we will be dropping two Patreon episodes this week for you. I was unaware of that. <laughs> I've got to get 
started <laughs> on that. You get the the normal episode that's supposed to come out this week, and then we will give you a bonus episode. Oh, sweet. Anyway, guys, uh, we hope that you are spending holidays with your loved ones. We'll hope that you're happy, and we're grateful that we have we have all of you guys, you know, ex- except for the ones in California. <laughs> and... Uh, so wish you a Merry Christmas from me and Jess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's um, draw a line somewhere. I feel <laughs> a little bit judged right now. We're just going around the table talking about who didn't drink their pee. I think I got locked up a lot longer than you did. Did you do jail time? I didn't because the cops were like, get this crazy bitch out. I got caught in so many situations that I should have gotten and I would get interrogated but I would just only talk about aliens and collective consciousness and stuff and they were like, get the fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Did you ever try eating an American flag while in the squad car? Wait, who told you that story? (laughs) I don't know. Just hear things. Hear things. No, it was, we just came from Henry Russell's daughter's house. I was on his podcast. Oh, okay. And I said, hey, we're going to go. We're going to Tacoma before the show. We're going to interview Sam Miller. And he said, <laughs> uh, make sure you ask him about eating a paper American flag <laughs> in a cop car. I did a storytelling competition in Olympia called Storioli. And for some reason, I decided that it would be funny to tell that story. But it turns out like regular middle class like American <laughs> citizens aren't into my story about eating an American flag. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Okay. Well, let me just tell this well, story. Hold on, just real quick. We're just so it make us clear, we have Sam Miller with us today on the podcast. Olympia's second best comedian <laughs> behind Gabriel Rutledge. <laughs> Damn it. Someday you'll pass him. I don't know, man. He's pretty funny. <laughs> so. I've worked with Gabe. I like Gabe so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're thrilled to have Olympia's second best with us today. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so how? Uh, tell us the American flag story. <laughs> so on. it was. It must have been like October of two thousand and one, right after nine eleven, where everybody oh was God. putting flags on everything, and then they ran out of flags. They ran out of flags, and they ran out of flag stickers. So and, people were like. They were printed in the newspaper. You could get like newspaper pullouts of the like, American of the flag. American flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this 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 uh, there was people that were printing them out and like taping them to stuff because <laughs> they just they they just really wanted oh, people to know. I forgot this part. Yeah, you were you were uh, on drugs at this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I was. Me high. too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got uh, I got arrested in Lacey, Washington, and Lacey, Washington doesn't have a jail. So the Lacey cop has to give you to a Thurston County Sheriff. and Thurston uh, County? Yeah, Thurston County Sheriff. And then I don't know how it happened, but then the Thurston County Sheriffs had to give me back to the Lacey cops. <laughs> and then they took me to a jail in Buckley, which is a place that has a name exactly what the town is like. Buckley. <laughs> it's very Buckley there. And so I'm getting like transported by this lady cop and we're talking and like getting along while I'm pretending to get along with her. Because she's doing that thing that cops do where they like try to pretend that they're your like, yeah. best friend. Yep. Like, all of a sudden, they're like a guidance counselor and your dad and like whatever and all this stuff. And I'm just like, and I was pissed off and I was handcuffed and my wrist hurts because I'm like a huge dude. And You're my wrist, humongous. My wrists always hurt in handcuffs because even if they put them on like the least tight, the biggest it yeah. hurt. And uh, I'm in the back of this police car and I see 
that she had printed out an American flag and had like taped it up on the inside of her window. And she's like talking to me and I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, I, I just, uh, I just, it was making me really angry to be arrested and look at that flag. And I was like thinking about freedom. And then I was like, I don't have any because I'm, you know, yeah, handcuffs. and so I just started licking it. I started licking the paper <laughs> and the flag got <laughs> soft. And somewhere around that time she saw me, she was like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Like, I'm going to, you know, that's going to be another charge. That's destruction of property. And oh I'm just my God. Like, Whatever. <laughs> and uh and i eventually it came apart and i chewed it up and i ate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i never got any more charges or whatever and i don't know if she told anybody about it i've probably well, yeah. i don't know how many people i've told about i mean it. sure technically that's destruction of property but like if you get charged with that doesn't the judge look at what property you destroyed and you're like all right this you owe her uh, nine cents for the paper that she used to print out this yeah, American flag. Yeah, like I can't be in that much trouble for doing that. And also, frankly, like if I did catch another charge for that, like I was already going down for a long time. So, so if they sh- added day on and I get to sit in a courthouse and hear them say that suspect is also charged with eating an American flag, like I, I'll take a day for that. <laughs> <laughs> that by the way, that was um, BS because I got a trespassing charge too during that time and the judge didn't let it run concurrently so i did like almost a year in jail plus one day for like this trespassing charge oh man holy shit so um how much jail time have you done uh all in all i think a couple years it was like every time they sent me they'd send me for longer so it was like 45 47 90 90 270 i think that was holy shit yeah yeah and it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. I'm a really lucky guy. And this will be interesting because you'll know what. So this was 2002 and Thurston County got, we got annihilated by, by Crystal. It was crazy. Everybody was tweaking, at least the people I was messing with. And there's this area, uh, Yelm, Tonino, and Rainier, and we called it the Triangle. And it's like rural Thurston County. And, uh. They moved the boundary of our high school, and I started hanging out with these folks from Yelm, and uh, that's when I that's when I started like I, I was doing a lot of coke, and then eventually like I just started using methamphetamine like sometimes like it was like a deal where like hey is that coke and they're like no, and I'm like ah oh, whatever fuck it and I you know and I was I snorting it and then I was smoking it and then, how uh, old were you the in progression? 2002? Yeah, I was. Let me see. I was like 19. 18 when I started using methamphetamines. I think it was like 16 when I was doing coke. Uh, and then a couple years of that off and on. And the, and I always would still use coke. It's not like I stopped, like started doing meth. It was like, no coke for me. Like, I still coke. Uh, but yeah, and it was just, it was around, you know. And another thing that's weird too, and I don't know. I feel, just was, these town names make me feel like you're predestined to do meth. Yeah, It's like, yeah. and then I was hanging out in Yelm. Yelm, Tanina, <laughs> Rainier, Bakoda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those methy towns, man. Yeah. And headed over it, to Buckley. Yeah, and it just, uh, the, the what happened was it turns out the the guy who I was buying me and my friend Hayden, uh, who's a Mormon dude by the way, cool, uh, probably, yeah, uh, 
we were doing it and we were buying it from a guy and then he started cooking it and he was his job was to stay at construction sites overnight to stop people from cooking meth at the construction sites but he was cooking meth at the construction sites. Why do they need a construction site to cook it? It was so bad that any place that they had access to like electricity or like any place that was back uh-huh. on road where people couldn't see, people were cooking meth there. Everybody was cooking meth. They called it the triangle. It was crazy. Everybody was cooking meth. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And this is not bananas. super far from where you were. Uh, you were in Portland while you were uh, on Yeah, the, right. Yeah. Yeah, so around the same time, uh, started in 1999 and quit into 2005. That is really close to my timeline. So I probably started. I mean, I'm a lot older than you. 2001, and I stopped. uh, I stopped 2008. Uh, Okay. But there was a lot of jail time plus Job Corps. Plus, I would quit. Like, I couldn't find it sometimes because I was working uh, in Northeast Washington. I was a wildland firefighter for a while. I went to Job Corps. Whoa. I got locked up. I know things were crazy. Uh, Oh, yeah, because they sent, did you know this? They send the prisoners to fight the wildfires. I did not know that. I got into it through Job Corps, and I got into Job Corps because I was homeless. My mom wouldn't let me live with her if I was high. So I was homeless. So you were homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to be high. Like,. And, uh, yeah, so I wound up, uh, buying it from a dude who was cooking it and I would go out to, to, to buy and they would be cooking it and I would wind up cutting open the back of ephedrine things. So they, they were getting ephedrine from Canada in mm-hmm. like grosses. So it was like 140, like, you know how you get the 12 pills in one, this was like 12 of those put together. So it was like 144 ephedrine caps. And I would get a razor blade and I'd slit open the back like, and then I'd go like this and like, uh, they'd all fall into a Mm. bucket and I'd do that for like an hour and a half (laughs) and we'd make a lot. And that's the thing is it, uh, and then I wouldn't have to even like, I mean, they would, they just give, they'd, they'd give me and they'd give me an aid and whatever, you know, it wasn't, we, we didn't have a hard time getting it. And, but what's weird is it, what I realized is it, if that place would have gotten busted then, in Washington State, I don't know if it's the same now, but manufacturing methamphetamines is a 10-year minimum. You do 10 mm-hmm. years in prison if they get caught up. So even if you're out there just trying to Just to on, buy, your first, on your first offense now? Yeah, like I had, wow. only been doing, I had only been doing methamphetamines for like like hard for like maybe three or four months. Oh, my God. And I'm out there, and I could have gotten 10 years just like that, like first offense. Yes, yeah, so you are a lucky guy. Yeah, I'm super lucky. Like sometimes I know it sucks that I went to jail as much as I did. Like I know that, but it could have been way worse. What's meth like? What does it feel like? What do you... <laughs> For me, I get super focused and like just this crazy body high. It's like I feel it in my back and stuff like that. Like, huh. and then the then I don't. Let's sleep. not sell them too hard. Well, how quickly? I just want to. <laughs> like, how how quickly did were you like addicted to it? Jessa always may sound like she did this one. She did this one. Yeah, it was once, and that was it. I was like, oh, and I quit. Yeah, I never drank again. I never did coke again. See, my thing is that my drug of choice is alcohol, Mm. right? Okay. And basically, I do it whenever I got drunk, and I got drunk all the time. Mm. And so, like, and then just keep drinking. Yeah, Yeah, and that was the thing is that I could. I mean, over the course of like like two days, I mean, we just just it, 
and everybody that I was around was doing the same thing. It's like I was hanging out with all these like redneck cats out in Yelm, and they'd work on cars. Uh, we'd smoke pall malls and smoke meth. We're just laughing beer. about Yelm still. <laughs> <laughs> Yelm yeah. delayed chuckle from Jesse. <laughs> yeah, and it's just that's it's just I don't know. It just it never changed. And then I would get away from it because I'd get kind of scared. And like, and the withdrawal wasn't. I never thought the withdrawal was like that bad. Like, I'd get, I'd sleep for a long time. Yeah. And like, which is strange. But for me, it it didn't necessarily. I didn't feel like super high. Like, it was different than that. It was different. Like, I do other drugs. Like, I felt when I did coke, it was like I was getting high. Uh, with with meth, it was. I don't. I don't know quite how to describe it. Hmm. It just kind of changed my mind frame. But then the weird shit is when when I would be up for like a couple of days and stuff got like weird and stuff, yeah. and then I'd have hallucinations and stuff. And then that was like, that was different. That was way different. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of what people associate with meth high is actually just the results of sleep deprivation. Yeah. So if you stay awake for three days, your your jaw is going to be jack, and you're going to be looking at things like yeah. you're you'll you'll the the connection from your brain and your body and the crazy shit that will come out of your mouth like that's from not sleeping. Yeah. And meth just gives you the ability to not sleep. And I can I know a distinct difference between hallucinations I had on LSD and other psychedelics, and that like in ones from methamphetamine and not sleeping are totally different ball game. Yeah. Because huh. it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh man, like the sky kind of looks like a wolf. It was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, the sky looks like a wolf. There's a lot of wolves. Wolves are everywhere. And, uh, I know there hasn't been a wolf around here in a while, but like, I feel like I'm on to something. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I found, I really found my friend Will's cell phone. Will was like this, this, this drug dealer out at Evergreen State College. And I found his cell phone. And I had been up for two and a half days. And Will was trying to call his phone to get it back. And like, who is this? Who has my phone? And I thought it was a test to get into this like secret society. What? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you had Will's phone and he's calling you to f- to get it back. Yeah, and then he and figured you, out it was me. He was like, "Sam, give me my phone." And I was like, "Oh man, they know who I am." You know, you're gonna and, fail the test. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what was weird is that I didn't know a lot about the internet then because I wasn't really been exposed to like computers and stuff. But I could, uh, you know, that Google stuff. Like I'm feeling lucky. Yeah. I would like see something. I'd be like, "That's a clue," and then I'd hit like it'd be like it'd be like. Uh, I'd see something like I saw a lawnmower that said Toro. And so I'd go to Google and I'd type in Toro and like I'm feeling lucky. Uh-huh. And then there was like a number and I had to go like 13 things down. And then it would tell me like the next thing I had to do. And the whole time like the cell phone would be going off, which was the other part of the test. And if I passed the test, I could get free drugs forever. Okay. So, yeah. no, Jessa, why have you not stopped doing this? <laughs> <laughs> what? Sam makes, like when Sam explains, I'm like, oh, okay. He, he was tweaking. <laughs> I was like, please when don't let Aaron still, pick this up. Still, how you make all of your decisions? Uh, it still works. It still fucking works. I guess I don't get a bunch of drugs, but I like I find all the Starbucks. 
I know this guy, the funniest, I, I hear the funniest things in recovery. I met this dude in recovery one time and he was talking, he was like, I've been sober eight years, you know, and before that, like, I had one job for 20 years and I kept it even though I was drinking and using, I kept my job for, for 10 years drinking and using. He goes, I was a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good material. Are, do you still do you still go to meetings and stuff? Are you like what, are you like ten years yeah, sober now? Yeah, I'm not gonna go into like details, but yeah, I'm you know I'm involved in the, like recovery programs and stuff like that. I actually got into stand up through that. Uh, Were you laying out jokes like the burglar guy? No, but people would laugh at me. Sometimes I wouldn't be trying to be funny. I'd be like trying to be really sincere, and people would like laugh at me because I think about you know. That's the thing about addiction and alcoholism and all that stuff is it like it's uh it's really tragic but it's also like it's also so surreal. Yeah. I think like I love the analogies of like like basically like I'm allergic to alcohol and I'm allergic to drugs. Uh but I did them anyway, you know. And that's yeah. like people being allergic to shellfish and entering like oyster shucking competitions yeah. or something like that <laughs> like it's bananas like I remember getting locked up all the time. And I'd be in my cell, and I'd be like, man, I'm never drinking again. Like, I just never can do it again. And if I never drink, then I'll never get locked up again, and my life will be okay. And then the jail would be, like, overcrowded, and I'd get an ERA. It's like an early release hearing. And I'd find out I was getting out, like, a week early. And I'd be like, I'm going to party. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd just be right back, you know. I, it's like I could never connect the consequences to the to the to the actions yeah like yeah. a lot of a lot of magical thinking yeah um in in addicts i had one friend who would go do like hard time like uh years and then every time he was getting ready to get out he would write a letter with these this game plan and the game plan was like oh i'm still gonna be friends with all of you yeah. i'm still gonna sell dope and make dope i'm just not gonna do dope and then he'd make it like <laughs> yeah. 48 hours and then he'd do some heinous thing and be back in prison mm. for another five years and then he's like okay this time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make dope i'm just gonna sell dope and I'm going to keep my tweaker girlfriend. Yeah. And then he's right back in again. And it's like these just tiny like negotiations rather than I'm just going to disappear and get a day job. Well, there, yeah, there's no. Yeah, I know the same types of folks are some of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, that's same. The, that's the deal is it. Uh, it's not like I, I you know, it's, I don't do this joke a lot, but I have a joke where I talk about how I started out smoking pot. And I would look down on people for drinking. And I'd be like, you know, like, oh, like stupid drunks, loser drunks, get a life, you know. But then I was like a drunk and I'd look down on cokeheads. Yep. And I'd be like, stupid cokeheads, loser cokeheads, get a life. <laughs> yeah. No, but then I was like a cokehead, right? Yeah. And then I wind up, you know, smoking meth. And I think I, 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 you'll agree with me too, Judge. It's like, it wasn't like a giant decision. I wasn't like, man, f like, fuck it, I'm smoking meth now. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. It was like a whole bunch of like little decisions, like little tiny decisions. Even the first time I actually used methamphetamine, it was this deal where I was like hard up and I was in a bad mood and I was at a party and I thought they were doing coke. And I was like, st I was stoked because I was in a bad mood and I was going to get to do some coke. But then they're like, this isn't coke, Sam. Like, just 
just so you know, you know, you probably shouldn't mess with this. You know, and I knew what it was. You know? Right. And then it's like, fuck it, you know, like I'm having a bad day. I'll just do it once. I think everyone thinks that they are uh, impervious to the effects. It's like, okay, yeah, but, and this is the, um, I don't teach my kids that pot is the same thing as heroin. Yeah. So like my teenagers, I don't tell them that it's the same thing. Cause then what happens is your kids are probably going to try pot. Yeah. And now you have lumped those two things. Not to say for an uh, addict, it's not the same, yeah. but to tell a teenager that pot and heroin are the same thing. Then they go and they smoke a little pot and they're like, well, this is great and easy and not ruining my life. Yeah. So my mom's wrong about all of it. Yeah. And next thing you know, so I was very honest with my kids about these are, cause my mom's a tweaker when I was a kid. And she taught me that heroin and uh, crack were, uh, she lost a ton, ton of friends at crack. Yeah. She sold it to them, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, uh, God. Yeah, that's, God. Uh, but she taught me that those were a uh, life sentence. And I never, I, I mean, meth is worse than crack probably, but I would be high on meth and other people would be smoking crack in the room. And I just was like, no. I'm not going to do that. I did try meth the first time on accident, but I was in that position because I thought I uh, nothing's going to happen to me. I can do coke whenever I want. Yeah. I got this, you know. And I thought that about a lot of a lot of things. I, I definitely had like a very obvious like need for destruction when I was young that led me to do a lot of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was it was it was one that was I was going to be a famous comedian. The next day, I was like, never mind. I'll just be a tweaker. This is cool. See, I never, I can't even imagine trying to do comedy and be high. No, you know what's crazy is I see folks, all these comedians, and they smoke a like a shit ton of weed yeah. before shows and stuff like that. And like, I get it. And like, some of them are really funny. But like, when I see people struggle, I'm like, maybe don't smoke four grams of weed every time <laughs> before you go on stage and then yes. try your jokes. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't think you're don't, funny. I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I def four grams. I can't smoke that much. No. But I, I do. So I mean, I'm new to all uh, drugs, and by all drugs, it's pretty much just pot. That's <laughs> that the one that I've so tried. Nervous. No, 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 but like I, I, I'll. Uh, I think that there is there are some advantages. If there's an advantage to trying drugs when you're 30, is that you do it a little bit more responsibly. Uh, and I'm also just, I'm a pretty cautious dude yeah. and I want to try the smallest increment that I can, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I smoked a few times before I ever even got high, which I guess is kind of, uh, that uh, happens the first time uh, I smoked, I didn't get, high. but I just would just do, I'm like, I just want to take one hit. That's it. And they're like, try some more. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, do you feel it? No. Well, <laughs> do you want to try some more? No, not tonight. <laughs> Let's just That's... let's just be let's be cool. So I mean, I smoke a lot before before a show. Um, often, I, not a lot. Often, yes, I smoke uh, smoke often. You're right, but just it's like a little bit. It's like a little bit. Wait, but I'm like, correcting his grammar. No, um, just just to, just to clarify that he does not. He's not one of these four gram people four that gram. get up and oh, are drooling on themselves. Okay, often, yeah. Four grams would last me like six months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've so I've done, I've I, I've tried weed. Yeah. I've tried mushrooms without any effect. Again, like I try, I like I ate, I ate like one cap. I'm like, I'll try this. And I'm like, I hate hearing about that. I hate it when people just do like, okay, this is gonna be a problem with me. This isn't a problem with you at all. But like, when I hear about people, they're like, yeah, I've been like microdosing on LSD. I'm just like, that makes me crazier than not doing it at all or doing. Why? Much. What's up? 
Because if you're going to do a drug, do a drug. This Go is horrible advice that I'm giving. <laughs> but like, it's, like, it's like this thing where like maybe, and this is where my brain is wired different, right? Is that I cannot see drugs as anything but something to change the way I feel. Like I didn't do drugs to get high. I did drugs to not be sober. Like I hate the way I feel sober. You know, and that's why, like, I was scared of everything my whole life. And then the first time I got high was the first time that fear got taken away. And then I was like, I'm okay. And then I figured everybody in the world must just be high. Mm. And maybe they're doing it without drugs, but a lot of them are doing it with drugs. And I'm one of those people that's going to, like, do drugs. Like, the first time I, like, I got, I I got, the first time I got stoned, like, really stoned. Uh-huh. I was like, this is it, you know, and I was huffing gas before that too and stuff like that. So it's like, it's whatever, you know, it's just right. gasoline. Yeah. My, my dad, my dad was like a maniac. Like people always talk about bad dads and stuff like that. And it's rare that I find somebody with a worse one than me. And, uh, he, uh, he was really scary dude. He was like a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force and it was crazy stuff, you know? And, uh, he, uh, I was scared of him, and then he died when I was 12, and then I was, like, scared of everything else. Shit. And then drugs, man. Like, that was it. And I'm the, and also, another thing, I don't regret doing drugs either. Like, I regret some of the shit I did to get high. I regret some of the stuff I did when I was high. Right. But, like, man, like, what a godsend to be able to not feel everything all the mm. time, you know? Like, I have, like, tools today. Yeah. To, like help me deal with that but man in the moment mm-mm. that's why when people like bad mouth like drug users i'm just like you don't you know oh yeah i would love to talk about that so you've been it. in the you've been in the news recently yeah, yeah. um do you want to give us the rundown of what happened with this bowling alley yeah there was a bowling alley in uh called aztec lanes in olympia and I drove past it one time, and I saw a sign that said "Open Season on Tweeners." Is what I read the first time. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a, I thought it was a bowling term, like when two yeah. pins are far away. <laughs> get them. <laughs> like, yeah, get them. Like, That's a tween. Yeah, you gotta get it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get the tweeners. That's a wicked tweener, Andy. <laughs> That's what I thought it said, uh, but then it, it said open season on tweakers, Ugh. and then I got really upset. Why Why is a bowling alley, was there some sort of promotion that they were uh, tying into with that, or that's just, they're one of those people that are always trying to put some sort of funny thing on their marquee? That area of Olympia there uh-huh. is having a hard time right now with, there's a lot of encampments, like homeless encampments and stuff like that. The guy was tired of... Uh, cleaning up stuff and he kind of attributed it all to people that use methamphetamines but you know the truth is yeah i do like homeless populations like like first off not everybody's using drugs there's a lot of a lot of mental uh mental health diagnosis stuff like that going on uh untreated uh there is drug use both heroin and methamphetamine uh and you know people drinking and stuff like that uh but he just said he just thought it was tweakers and were they fucking up his were parking lot or something? Were they breaking into his shit? Because that's yeah, usually where did. the yeah, idea yeah. of hunting them comes yeah, from. Yeah, there was yeah there was some of that. Uh, mostly just leaving trash and 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 Jesus. And yeah, and <laughs> someone left someone left uh, an empty Lay's potato chip bag in my parking lot, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt no, them down. No, it was worse than that. I mean, they were leaving they were leaving poopoos. Oh yeah, that is. Suck. I don't like it when yeah. dog shit in my yard. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about I don't try to humans. I don't get out the crossbow in your front of your bully. 
Yeah, and then uh, so I made this Facebook post, and I put, put their phone. which I saw. Well, I messaged him. I messaged him first, and then he kind of blew me off. He just oh, really? Gave me a thumbs up emoji, and I was like, "All what right, a dick. Oh, oh, see, I yeah. told you that's yeah. a dick. So wait, wait, yeah. well. If you send a long message that was like, hey, I think you should uh, use more sensitive language towards human beings that are blah, 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 and you send back a, a thumbs up, sure, I get how that's rude. But Jessa all the time asks me like, hey, like, hey, I got you, uh, like, I got you this, just so you know. And then I'm like, I give her a thumbs up to be like, cool, because I'm driving or something. I just want to do a quick, that's what the thumbs up I thought was there for. And yeah. Jess is like, are you mad at me? No, it's Why good. You- it's good for acknowledging yeah, there's a, there's a language to it. It's good for acknowledging so, things, but it can be a fuck you. But you you tried a direct line of communication with the guy to to change his mind about the sign. He, yeah, and he just blew you off. Yeah, I, well, you know what's funny? I just pulled it. Are up. you pulling it up? Yeah, I said. Uh, so you have a sign out front that says "Open Season on Tweakers." Are you trying to get people harmed? What are you trying to say with your sign? Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> oh. And I was like, do you know that drug users are sons and daughters and mothers and fathers? Do you think you're helping? I would recommend that you remove that wording from your sign. Are you going to change the sign? These are all separate <laughs> messages, too, by the way. Yeah, I still kind of get what, see, I'm one of the cats. Like, if I get something in my head and I'm like, man, this is really bothers me. Like, I can be a bit, what's the word? Where you just don't do anything else and can't yeah. hear anybody. Like, my kids can be in my ear telling me something and I can't hear them. Tenacious? Uh, yeah, are you going to change the sign? It says on your website that this is a family business. Is that a family-friendly message? I know you're reading this. Why won't you respond? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The guy was like, this dude is tweaking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and then I put up a public post on my Facebook, on my personal Facebook. And then. uh, Yeah. And I saw that. Saw the picture. Did uh, Did that create a lot of conversation in Olympia about it or what? I guess. I don't know if you would call it conversation. Everybody just falls into the same old stuff, like, we got to get rid of these homeless people, you know. And then, uh, these drug users are destroying our community. And then there's, like, folks in my camp that are like, man, we need, like, we need services, you know. Because the thing about drug use, and I I don't know why people can't, I I don't know why libertarians, well, see, libertarians are always like, oh, legalize drugs and shit like that. And that's why, one of the reasons why libertarians don't completely piss me off all the time. But, like, the idea that the reason why drugs cost as much money as they do is because they're illegal. And the reason why property crime is associated with drug use is not about the drugs, it's about the money to Mm -hmm. get the drugs. Like, that's the thing, is that if you legalize drugs and there wasn't risk inherent in drugs, not nobody, like, if I told you, Jessa, that meth prices are at an all-time low, does that tempt you at all? No. Yeah. Well, also, it's not, you can't have a job. It's completely socially unacceptable because it's illegal, so you can't have yeah. a job. And it, so you, you're kind of forcing, not that there wouldn't still be criminals, but you are forcing You, mean you can't have a job because like, of drug testing. Drug testing of, and everything else. You lose your, not you that lose a tweaker you. would but, make a very good employee. But, right, that's what I first thought you meant, which is you couldn't have a job if you were going to be high. But I know a ton of weekend warriors who hold jobs yeah. and do heroin and uh, meth oh. on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. And recreationally, I don't think they're addicts. I think they're yeah. people that like substances. Yeah. Um, but. But that's my thing. So it's then, a, what what happened? After it you just kind of blew up. It just blew up in Olympia with with a lot of the folks that I know. They were, you know, uh, I guess that's how it goes. Being, 
I haven't really accepted this role of like well-known public figure, but as far as Olympia goes, like I'm a well-known public figure, huh? You know, in Olympia, and uh, yeah, it just it exploded. Then did you like have a sit-down meeting with the guy? Yeah, that's what's crazy. Is it so? I made another post, and things got even crazier on that one. And some like pretty well-known activists up in Seattle shared it, and then the dude was just getting barraged. And then I heard a friend of mine went in there, and he was like, "Yeah, that didn't go well. They're furious." <laughs> and I heard that, and I was like, "All right." Yeah. Your friend went in there to yeah. to bowl a game or to like go confront them. He went to go confront them. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then like I uh, I said, "Stop going in there," and then I deleted the post, and then I had to check myself because my issue was that I was very. I thought what I did was right, but I also did it from, like, this really angry place. Mm-hmm. And for me, as, like, a guy in recovery, like, doing, taking actions in anger. Yeah, that's is, a good self-check. It's very dangerous. Even if I do if I do the right things for, the, like, the wrong reason, like, I, it causes problems. Huh. So I got really sick of it and sick of being at the middle of it. So, yeah, I talked to him. I went in there. I, like, called him and... It's funny, I told him I was coming in on Saturday, but then uh, I realized I had something already planned on Saturday, so I just went in a day early, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a power move on my <laughs> yeah. part, even though like I, I think was, so. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, me and the dude are face-to-face, and I was like, uh, he told me that they were going to bring bring the sign down on Monday. Today's Tuesday. They actually brought it down today. The sign came down today. Okay. Uh, oh, wow signs down uh and also there was a facebook post they made that was like just as crappy and while was it was it in response there, to yours uh yeah well it was in a response to the bad reviews and phone calls they'd been getting huh. and uh and i just i was sitting down with them and i get a message they're like they're like hey bro have you seen this facebook post and i was like sitting with them well, he's like giving people bowling balls or whatever because he's like working <laughs> at the and uh and there was a post was like just as bad just like oh these dirty tweakers and like and i was like hey man can we do something about this too and then i will organize a cleanup of this area with like okay nice of mine yeah and then that's happening july 29th they took down the other facebook post me and the dude talked like we didn't like we're not like best friends or anything but we got along all right Okay. You know, he doesn't know shit about what it's like to be addicted to drugs, and uh, I don't know what it's like to run a bowling alley. So glad you were able to acknowledge that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know what it's like to spray those shoes you know after people hand it to me. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to go put the guardrails up and back down. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, <You> don't... <laughs> also my favorite part oh. of this thing too in that I want like this isn't why I did it, but I think I just hate bowling. People ask me bowling all the time. When I was like seventeen, I was like bowling and I wasn't paying attention and I hit myself right in the back of the leg with a bowling ball. I just <laughs> I, I think I tried to bowl off the wrong foot or something, and uh, it hurts. So Does Jim bad. ask you to go bowling? I did go bowling with Jim not that he long ago. He seems like a bowler. Well, he got really into watching old bowling tournaments on YouTube. Yep. 
absolutely. Uh, if you guys shout would, out Jim Stewart Allen. If you uh, our our uh, patrons will remember the video of Jessa laughing uh, her ass off in the in the pizza place. She's watching a video of comedian Jim Stewart Allen, who is. Uh, Sam's very good friend and also just one of like the strangest most unique uh, cherubic uh, gentleman you'll ever meet and something that he would like I think he he watches like old boxing matches and bowling uh, Mm -hmm. championships on YouTube I watch that stuff with him I love watching box I'll watch boxing I like boxing I'll watch boxing with Jim I don't like it as much as he does nobody likes what Jim likes as much as Jim (laughs) (laughs) but we got into you know what's funny we had so much fun one night because uh, we watched the first ever BattleBots. Wow, uh, which is something I'm really into is BattleBots. Wow, I really like the fighting robot stuff. You know, I told my wife that you know if I if something happened to her that I'd I wouldn't marry a sex robot. I'd marry like a BattleBot. Why are those what the two options? Is a battle? <laughs> Hey, wait a second. Your is your was like, if, if I die, you're going to marry a sex robot? And you were like, honey, no. I'm going to marry a battle. <laughs> wait, no. Are you only in the... Is your current wife a robot? No. Okay. No. She's amazing. I won't replace you with another robot. She just, she just called me. I wonder. I got kids. It's exciting. I. Uh, <laughs> any phone call. I'm a really, you know, I don't know. This is. It's really cool to... To be here, I know I'm not gonna, but to to see what you're doing is somebody who's like I love comedy, and I love being uh, in recovery, and it's really cool to see what you're doing. You know, wow, well, thank you. It's uh, it's tough sometimes, you know, because I get uh, even though I don't do drugs, like I still have these tendencies, you know, to like I get mad at people for stuff they look like they might say to me and like stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm just in my head, and I think a lot of comedians are like that. Uh, hmm. Yeah, there is a direct parallel. Uh, hanging out with comedians is very similar to hanging out in the rooms. Like they're, yeah. they're the personalities are very, yeah. uh, very similar. How long have you been sober? June tenth, two thousand and eight was my last night out. Okay, why wow, you yeah. just celebrated ten years? Yeah, just celebrated ten years. Congrats! I, uh, my last night out, uh, I had I had come back from Tenasket, Washington. I was living at this <laughs> another name. Yeah, I was living in Tenasket. <laughs> And uh, that's down the street from OMAC and Republic. <laughs> Republic's up over the up over the pass there. Uh, and uh, man, just some bad stuff happened. Like the not like I make a lot of jokes about methamphetamine, but like I haven't been able to mine any material from that last couple months. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got beat up really bad in a bar, and I don't remember it. Like I stole a dude's car, and I don't remember doing that. Uh, stole a dude's car, uh, made a pass at uh, a friend of mine's wife. I lived in this place called the Compound, and there was a shotgun in my face and all this stuff. And then uh, got beat up really bad. Uh, and then I came back to Olympia. How many guys? How many sober. guys beat you up? I don't know. I don't remember any of it. How you're, you you're, you're humongous. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what. See, I'm one of those cats. Like, I, I I black out and just keep going. Yeah, especially if I'm if I'm using. Yeah, especially if I'm tweaking. Like, uh, I black out and keep going, and I have flashes of stuff, and it's really scary. It was really bad. I know that I was so, like, I don't want to talk about that part. Uh, I uh, I got. I told my mom I was getting sober, and I would like try, and I could go like a day or two, 
And then I'd start shaking and stuff. And that was with booze then. Yeah, I was going to ask if that's more alcohol. Booze was the, the, and, but I get drunk and then I call the dope man. That's just how it is in Olympia for me. And then June 9th, 2008, I went downtown Olympia. I met up with this dude, uh, Mike C. Mike C passed away about, about four years ago. He was a good friend of mine. He got sober for a while, and then he went back out and overdosed on heroin Ugh. about four years ago. He was also my first cellmate, too. Wow. He was a really good dude, and I really miss him, and he was the last guy I got high with. And uh, I woke up in front of Capitol Theater, and I was, like, under a tarp, and I was, like, I had my hand on the pants of this, like, crazy homeless lady that I knew from downtown, and uh, I looked out the tarp. And uh, I saw a lady walking her dog, and I realized it was like seven in the morning, and she was like walking her dog before work. And I was oh, just wow. like, "What the f-? like?" I felt so disconnected from like I was like that lady loves that dog, and that mm. like fucked me up. And then, and then uh, I was I was gonna I kept saying like I don't want to be a drunk anymore. I don't want to be a drunk anymore. I don't want to be a drunk anymore. And uh, I was thinking about killing myself, but then uh, I walked to my mom's house, and Lacey and I told her. And then over the next four days, just because I didn't have health insurance then, and uh, so I just kind of sweated it out. Yeah, because alcohol withdrawal is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And also I was messing with benzos, too, Ugh. which is like a yeah. kicker. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Matt, I just, just nodding along. I don't know. It's, yeah. just, it's like Xanax <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, you know what I got? I got really into benzos and rehab, like Librium. Oh, I loved Librium. Because they hand those out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In rehab, they hand you yeah. out? Benzos to help you, like, Level out. out. Yeah. Probably, okay. I mean, it's, you're probably not fun to deal with. Probably not but fun that, to deal with a building full of people going through withdrawal. That was it, though. That was, that it. was it. Was yeah. that your first real attempt, you think? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there was times where looking back where I'd be in rehab and I don't know, I was in rehab and there was like with all these crusty lumberjacks and shit. And I'd be like, if I beat this lumberjack at ping pong, I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like rehab. And like, finally I beat him. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> that was the final boss that I had yeah. to beat. I got kicked out of rehab because I went and watched the jackass movie with my friend after a court date. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I came back late and they were like, they were getting, because people do that all the time. They go out for a court date and they just don't come back. Yeah. To get and, high, uh, usually not go yeah, to get uh, take high, a movie. But I actually went and watched the movie, and I was like, well, I had court at 10. Usually court takes a long time. And right. Like, we called the courthouse, Sam. Like, uh, we're kicking you out. And I was really upset about that because I felt like... And it was funny because that time when I got kicked out, I was like yelling. And I was like, someday I'm going to be a counselor. <gasps> and uh, I didn't actually believe it. I was yeah. just trying to like make a cool scene. You yeah. Know? Like, cause most of my life is like this weird movie and I wanted to be extravagant and like super outrageous, you know? Yeah. Jessa relates. <laughs> Jessa relates. Yeah. Except for so all I was of- like, this will be a cool, like a lot of times the way my brain works, I'm like, what does a person say when this is going on? It's not actually like, like how do I feel or like what I should do? It's like, what do people do when yeah. they're being great right now? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to be a counselor. And then the weirdest thing, cause like I wound up eventually becoming like a counselor, but then I was horrible at it. Like, do you, can you tell us about what your job is right now? I'm a violence prevention specialist in unincorporated, uh, Pierce County. 
So I develop relationships with young folks. I work primarily in high schools. They understand that what they tell me is kept in confidence, except for like mandated reporting stuff. And uh, I am able to, I gain their trust. And then I make sure that I uh, value that trust by making excellent referrals. So if I have a student who says that they're afraid of how their drug use is, I can send them to an awesome counselor friend I have. Or if they're worried about mental health stuff, uh, I can send them to an amazing mental health professional that I have a relationship with. Oh, wow. Uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, do you so, visit them in the school? Yeah, I am in the schools. In fact, I do after-school programs, including a stand-up comedy workshop. Oh, really? It's been so like fun. It. Yeah. The only way I'm comfortable with stand-up comedy workshops is if uh, either they're taught by amazing people and it doesn't cost too much. Or if I'm doing it for free at an alternative school. Yeah, Yeah, no, yeah, probably good comics. It's really amazing, the kind of stuff, you know. I just got like, I dug a ditch for my high school project. (laughs) I realized that ditches are just long holes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's the best thing. I I I won't hear a joke that good in an open mic for a couple weeks. (laughs) <laughs> dishes are just long holes yeah yeah stuff like that i've had people come up at workshops and have been like i want to do comedy i want to try to be relatable i don't know why all the comedians in my workshop yeah. talk <laughs> like that <laughs> <They're> all, <laughs> <laughs> but no this this young woman at one last workshop <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't talk like that this but, pretty <laughs> petite young yeah. lady this tiny five foot two pixie dream girl young lady Hey, say I'm one of the like, hey, can you help me unload this gravel? <laughs> it's in my throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's help um, me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, I wanted to workshop this bit about eating gravel. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't taste as good as you think. It's good. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my life. It's it's cool. So I made it. USA number one. Stop doing drugs, and now I uh, work with high schoolers. I went to school to work with previously incarcerated folks, mm-hmm. uh, but there's I don't want to work for the Department of Corrections. You know, it's moral like, morally like you don't think that it's no uh, not yeah morally yeah okay. yeah I don't want to work for the DOC. Uh, I understand the a lot of folks work in prisons and they do amazing things in prisons. But I'm worried that if I worked in the prisons, that they'd probably use me for like public relations to be like, "Hey, it's not so bad," you know. Like we got Sam Miller here, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm really cognizant of like how my my story has been used, you know. Like when I first got sober, like cops would be like, "Oh man." Look at Sam. Look, Sam did it. And I'm like, bro, you had nothing to do with this. Yes, thank (laughs) you. Because there's a lot of people that are like, now that you're a law-abiding citizen, why do you still seem kind of anti-whatever? And I'm like, wow. I mean, we were in the wrong, but like they weren't in the right. Uh, Yeah. And I still don't agree with a lot of things. Talk about that. Um, I don't think drugs are a crime. I don't think they should be a crime. I watch a lot of people get picked up on possession. And then it just snowballed yeah. into a, a paper probation. nightmare. See, that's what happened with me is I never did the worst thing. I have a bunch of possession charges, possession of methamphetamine, possession of marijuana, uh, minor in consumption, 
because uh, I was young when I was doing it. So if I was drunk, that was that too. Uh, and then I have a whole bunch of resisting arrests because uh, I always wanted to. I always wanted to fight the cops because I thought that was like part of it. It was like if I didn't fight him, then I probably wasn't doing it right. Right. Yeah, I well, I this not to totally switch the subject, but no, but by all it's means. so no. Well, it's just um, every time that. Uh, Something there's a there's a uh, an arrest of a of white officers and a black man and the, there's a bunch of white commenters online being like well why did he re-? like if they showed the slightest amount of resistance at all yeah cops are just like you're resisting and you're like of course you're fucking resisting yeah. I can't imagine having someone unlawfully putting their hands on me for something that, like because I look like someone that they think might have done something right you know and then not being allowed to even slightly like pull my arm away if I'm like hey get off me like I'm not putting my hands on them but if I just pull away that yeah. that's resisting the, the idea that I would have to comply with every single thing that yeah. this that this rando d- uh, says and does to me or or then I'm resisting that makes me want to fight that it makes yeah. me just want to uh, punch, you know. Yeah. Like, well, I'll just, I'll just see. Get this you is then. what happens. You eat one cap of a mushroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you want to fight the cops. Why? Well, yeah. I had like a bruised rib or broken rib or dislocate. Who knows? Because I never went to the doctor. But my ribs were fucked up because I'd been beaten up by a man. Yeah. And so uh, the yeah, cops. You ain't, you ain't a big thing either. Like I think about that. Like I used to fight the cops, and I mean. I'd get my ass kicked. Yeah, like, no, they don't beat fuck the around. Piss out of me. I got slammed while I was handcuffed one time, and I legit threw my head back into an officer's face and got him pretty good. <laughs> uh, got him pretty good. And while I was handcuffed, I ran away while I'm handcuffed, and two Thurston County sheriffs hit my head against the ground harder than any <sighs> shot I've ever taken. And you know when you see people fall, and it's like it's like their knees hit, and then their belly hits, and then their face hits, and mm-hmm. it was like. Bing! Yeah. And like just and my mom was there. Oh, and shit. I'm just like it was just it was really bad. Huh. It was really hey, bad. what was your story, Jess? They what? um well we knew uh they came to a hotel room that we were all in and like I was the last one to get a like I didn't have any felonies. So anytime the cops would come along, I knew that everyone I was with was on probation. They were all gonna get if you're like on probation and you have police contact, you get in trouble with your probation officer, they're going to make you take a piss test, you're going back to jail. So anytime there was like police contact like that, I would throw myself in front of the police so everyone else could leave because I'm just going to get interrogated and sent home. So we were all in a hotel room doing something. Uh, the cops came to the hotel room to question us. I talked to the cops. Uh, I would never let them in anything either, which drove them nuts. And so they came to the door and instead of answering the door, it was these weird low windows at this hotel. So I just walked out of this low ass window and was like, can I help you? And they were like, can we go in there? And I was like, no, you can't go in there. Well, it was checkout time and I knew they were going to stop me. And I was driving while suspended yeah. in a car that I had stolen from my mom. And so I had loaded up all of my stuff and sent everyone else walking and was like, I'm just going to drive out. I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to get arrested. I'll meet you guys back. So nice I get, uh, I get pulled over and they're rifling through all my stuff and I was really into magic. And so they're mostly just going through a book of uh, a box of like magic stuff, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which was funny because I had like vials of my own period blood and shit. Oh. <laughs> they're sniffing. Uh, I was hoping that it was like those, like those <laughs> rings that connect and disconnect. 
just a, uh, a rabbit and a black hat. magic not a not a so there was there's this deodorant that is just a crystal a gigantic oh, yeah, crystal yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that you get I'm wet and wipe on your armpits deodorant. okay this thing is what would be a pound in one shard yeah, yeah, and yeah. uh at one point they're like aha what is this and i was like dude if i had that I would have teleported out of here right now and would not even be talking to you if that was meth. Fuck, dude, I wouldn't even have to be in this dimension. <laughs> so when they're patting me down, I make the mistake of telling them that I have a dislocated. This is when I'm in this very violent relationship. And so I make the mistake of telling them that the, my rib is, uh, like I couldn't breathe all the way in and yeah. I couldn't move or bend over. And so uh, having that information, I humiliate because I would just be a smart ass when they're mm -hmm. going through my stuff. Yeah. And I knew that they were going to be there. So there was no paraphernalia. But I was driving while suspended, driving without insurance. So they took the car and then they were taking me in. And uh, I assume that my I knew all my known known associates was crazy because yeah, I got yeah, caught yeah, with yeah. everybody in the yeah. city. And so I also didn't have any of the other people from the hotel people room with me, which that's they were a mad. tight knit community. Yeah. So no, there was about 50 or a hundred of us. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So they put me in the back of the cop car and are purposely, and the cop car has cutouts where mm -hmm. your arms go. Mm -hmm. So my arms are back in this thing and then they're purposely just like taking turns as hard as they can. So it's slamming me into like yeah. ridiculous. Oh, they're turning the car. Yeah. They're, they're taking turns. Punching they're it. slamming uh, the car around so that I will sl like slam into the thing. I'm trying to hold on to where the arm cutouts are. I have tears running down my face, mm, but I'm not going to fucking say it's anything. Like a it's like a restraint chair is what those... Well, that's like. what yeah. they killed Freddie Gray. That's what they... That's what the, Freddie Gray in Baltimore died because they were... Uh, they had a name They were purposefully yeah. throwing those turns in yep. the van so that he would... And he was handcuffed yeah. and they broke his neck. Broke his yeah. Neck. He internally decapitated. Yeah. Yeah, because he was assholes. in the back of the one. Yeah. So then when we got there, but their whole attitude was always, and they would do that thing. They would do the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. I got caught in a in a, in a a hotel room full of identity theft, and they sent three. I just love that description of like, I got caught in a hotel room full of identity theft. Yeah. As if it's like a noun. Like, it's like, like a bad. There's like, a bad. There's, like, there's like some identity theft on the table, and then there's like some over <laughs> You had some identity Careful. theft under your nose still. You like walk in and trip. You're like, oh, God, what is that? And it's like, oh, it's an identity theft. That's somebody's identity. And I just tripped on it. I know exactly what you're talking about. But like, just the way you said that there was a lot of identity theft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some oh. stuff. You know, the thing with me and the cops is it like, uh, there's one, there's a sheriff that I work with a lot out there and we have a relationship and we're okay with each other. Uh, and, but as a, as a whole, like as a system, uh, it's working exactly how it's supposed to work. Like, uh, like for, for this capitalist society that we have to work, you, it, you need rich people and you need, you need poor people Yep. and you need good people and you need bad people. Because for the poor people not to get upset, they need bad people to hate. Like, it's crazy how many poor white people hate poor white people that use drugs. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing how many poor white people hate black people. Yep. Uh, and that's, like, that's the engine. So, like, if you're rich, you're successful. If you're poor, you're a failure. If you're bad, you're incarcerated. If you're good, you're free. And it's just, it's... All those dichotomies. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's this... 
and it's weird because like I have a I talk about like having a hard time existing in the world and wanting to use drugs. Mm-hmm. Like I believe that I have a disease called addiction that makes it to where I'm allergic to alcohol and I'm allergic to drugs. And if I use, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, oh, I know I'm going to keep using. But I also believe that society as a whole is diseased too. And where that meets, like where these two diseases meet, is is absolute turmoil and absolute hell. Like I've never, uh, like the stuff that happened the last few months of my using, like it's just like... I don't even like sometimes I sometimes I want to tell people like just to just to drive it home like I want to go tell that guy at the bowling alley I want to be like hey man like this place I was living in they were breeding Yorkshire Terriers and there was like a MRSA MRSA infection like I was living at a puppy mill where they were making Yorkshire Terriers like Mm. and using a lot of meth and there was a MRSA infection and all the Terriers like died and so I'd be walking around in this compound high like it's hot out and i'm just losing my mind and there'd be like dead dogs everywhere and i'm just like i'm just and i don't know yeah i guess i did tell one of them but that's like the that's like and when when it's quiet and i'm by myself and i'm having a bad day that's the kind of stuff that i think about you Those know. memories, you mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's you know, and it comes back to recovery. Then is like that's when I have to. That's when I when I call my people. You know, that's when I that's when I talk to friends. That's when I. Uh, that's why, you know, and that's the reason why it's so hard to get sober, is because I've created a, like I'm living in a world I don't want to live in, and I've created a world that I that I don't want to be a part of. You know, like the minute I get sober, I'm seeing it, you know, it's yeah. like, oh God, man. <clears throat> like I remember waking up and not remembering what happened, but just seeing red and blue and knowing I got arrested the night before, knowing I'm on probation, knowing that I have a suspended sentence, knowing that I'm going to get locked up and immediately thinking it, like trying to figure out how I can kill myself and not make my mom sad. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a morning. That's like, that's, that's, that's seconds 30 seconds, yeah. 30 seconds of thought there, you know? And that's, and they, they, you know, and it's uh, like, of course I don't care, you know, like, uh, at a, you know, of course I don't take part in society. Of course I don't care if I shit in front of your bowling alley. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then when you're, yeah, when you're in that and you, you're, you're living in the MRSA, uh, I, Puppy death. MRSA yeah. MRSA mill. I survived. MRSA is such a big part of the meth world. They all Why got it. Why is MRSA yeah. such a They big... all fucking got it from jail. Yeah. And then they came back from jail. Everyone came back from jail with MRSA in one year as if they were fucking experimenting with it in prisons. I swear to God. Yeah. I had a lot of conspiracy theories. But everyone everyone who went to prison came back with MRSA. It could just yeah. be because they're all locked in there together. Yeah. But you never even heard of it before and then it was in the hospitals and in the prisons but they hide that it's in the hospitals because yeah, they want your money there was money. a MRSA outbreak between uh, missionaries in my Mormon mission in Italy so I can totally relate to you guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've got one thing one thing was it really yeah oh shit uh, you Spen- get it, you get Spencer it. had it Spencer had it I never got it though. it's a no no joke yeah. but I had found I had found There's like certain kinds cures. of it will certain kinds of just, it will end you yeah they'll just eat your oh, organs oh man I had a friend of mine almost lost his leg to that shit my oh. friend little Alex yeah I liked that his name's little Alex also I fell out of a tree one time and almost landed on little Alex and <laughs> killed him because I was 19 years old he survived MRSA and yeah, little yeah. Alex 
I was 19 years old and I was at a house party and this girl showed up and I owed her money. So I climbed a tree to get away from her and I brought a six, I brought a six pack up the tree with me and I just got drunk and passed out and fell to the tree and oh my, my God, body's never so, been the same. <laughs> so Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, what is it that I think it's really easy to. You don't have to humanize drug uh, users or addicts when you talk to one and you realize you're like, okay, oh, you're a real human being. Yeah. And like just hearing you tell that story, I'm like, wow, that changes my mind. But then why is it just propaganda that makes it so hard to accept them as a whole? Or is it just like when you're shitting in my bowling alley parking lot, like it's hard to remember that you're uh, a human being who's with mental health issues that's considering suicide almost all the time blah 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 like i i used to live next to the homeless shelter in salt lake city and there's right up close to it so that's actually why yeah. the, what really made me uh hate cops was living in that spot and just my interactions with them watching how they treated everyone else how they would they just weren't they weren't nice they weren't nice and they but i like i i i watched I was an outsider. I wasn't like in it or anything, but I was up close to that community and it changed a lot of the way that I thought about stuff. So what do you, what do you guys think is the big disconnect that keeps most of America hating? Jess is killing it right now. Cause Jess is getting to more people than I am and telling stories about drug use and using comedy to do it. Like, uh, that to me, uh, is what, I'm trying to do too where like I love getting laughs it makes me feel good and uh, comedy comedy saved my life before I started doing stand-up like humor is really important to me as a way to stay human especially when I'm incarcerated for long stretches of time uh, were you doing stand-up in jail no but the funniest people I ever met were folks that I was locked up with huh. yeah yeah uh, but yeah that's the thing is it to answer you your question I don't, i'm curious what jess has to say is it like for me it's that there's not it's too hard to tell people this stuff all the time like even this podcast and like recording this like i'm gonna be weird for a while because the i haven't said publicly that that mercy puppy story like I'm going to be thinking about it for a minute and I don't want to tell people about that stuff, about how the darkness stuff, about yeah. the darkness stuff, you know, and, uh, and how there's none of, none of, there's none of the fun stuff without that stuff, you know, like the, mm. there's no, uh, wacky tweaker with a heart of gold, like story or whatever. Like, I like that. Just as cut, just like, well, yeah. what about me? <laughs> but like, there's, there's this other there's this other like very not funny side to it you know and that and some of that stuff's on me but it's not all on me like i was kind of born into this you know yeah i think uh i think that humanity as a whole spends very little time uh attempting compassion for anything that they haven't been personally touched with and so i think addicts become criminals Usually, because that's they're trying to support a habit, they're trying to survive, and it feels like they need the drug to survive, and so they do things that hurt other people, and I think that is a lot of. I remember Willamette Week put out an article that called 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 "Tweakers in Your Trash Can," 
that was about like my crew. <laughs> uh, when the identity theft and everything was happening. Um, and I, I get it. Like having been on the, I, someone just broke into my house the other day and uh, took my purse and then stole my car. I just yeah. out of my house the other day. And when the cop came, he wasn't nice to me either. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't have a ton of rage for that person. I mean, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to things. I don't, you know, I'm just like, well, I have to go through this pain in the ass. Yeah, it sucks. I'm not going to be mad at somebody, though. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just, the odds are that you took this yeah. stuff and you didn't go back and and to your mansion. You probably took back this stuff. Uh, got very frustrated with all my maxed out credit probably cards. probably wasn't Bill Gates yeah. that robbed you. And then you probably <laughs> fed your addiction. And yeah. I can't. Uh, I certainly karmically had it coming. But I also, like, I get it. You know, and yeah. so, but your average person just feels like, well, it's me and I'm a good person and I worked hard for what I get and fuck these monsters. And it's like, uh, you did, you have made a choice to do those drugs. And it's like, well, you're not a drug addict. So it's easy for you to judge that. And the thing is about the, the heroin epidemic is like, now it's all up in the suburbs and now it's the yeah. rich kids. And now all of a yeah. sudden it's a, it's a mental health crisis. Yeah, nobody cared when it was yeah. white folks. Yeah. When it was, when it was crack in the black crack neighborhoods. The black oh neighborhoods. no, it was a crime. It was also, a fucking this isn't crime. The first heroin epidemic. There was a heroin epidemic in the late sixties and the seventies. In, in inner cities, but nobody gave a shit because it was black folks, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now now everybody... As far as the mainstream and stuff like that, this isn't the first epidemic. This is just the first one where you see folks getting caught up. And it doesn't mean, like... That's the other thing that gets to me, too, and this comes back to the bowling alley, is it, uh, there's no human that's, like, more or less valuable than, like, another human. That's right. Like, it just boggles my mind that, that people can say that, you know? They like, feel like they've earned... Yeah. a position of being righteous but that it doesn't it extends uh, to how people feel about mormons and and just yeah. everyone everyone only has compassion most people only have compassion for what they personally have experienced and they spend their whole lives saying well i would never do that until you do yeah. I would yeah. never do that until you do. Yeah. And so until you have done, and that's why so much of like our podcast, we share a lot of like dark, embarrassing things yeah. and we get so much fan mail from people who are like, I thought I was the only yeah. one. It's because we live in this society of yeah. everyone pointing the finger at everything yeah. that they think they're above. And I had like, I never thought I'd be shooting meth into my neck, yeah. you know, but that I had that wild. same. I never, the shit. I never used any needles. You probably, you know, what's funny is even though I got locked up a whole bunch, I'm pretty sure you did way more than I did. I did drug wise. I did a lot, yeah. but I was, um, just so, uh, I didn't do a, I didn't do crime though, because yeah. even the, the thing I was there, but I wasn't, yeah. I never participated. Cause I was like, I'm just going to have, cause the, the, the meth world, Everyone, time doesn't exist, and you had the different kind of criminals, and it was kind of its own community outside of society, yeah. and everyone brought something to the table. It's very similar to uh, zombie apocalypse, how it would be. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what is your trade? And so my trade was bullshit, and uh, yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, well, I'll sell drugs, because I know how to sell drugs, and I did that intermittently, yeah. but then once I had this... Uh, I was a bike guy, bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you procured them? Yeah, well, I didn't. I would maybe procure. 
described a very nice word. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes, but I didn't know I, if you were like the guy who fixed no, bikes. No, I'd yeah. go downtown and I'd cut a lock and I'd conjure a bike. Conjure a bike. <laughs> there was, all right, so in that in that place where I used to live in Salt Lake, there's this median. Now, like, yeah. the, the area gets worse and worse and worse. The Salt Lake's got a bad homeless problem that they they refuse. They tried, so they wanted to shut down. So there's this one big shelter, and they wanted to shut that down because there were a lot of problems coming from the fact that uh, they they essentially had a drive-through drug trade happening in this block because it was where everyone congregated and people mm -hmm. uh, that weren't homeless would come yeah. drive up their car and buy drugs. So there's all these drug dealers. Anyway, that wasn't the homeless people's fault, per se. There's all these other problems, right? So what they've done is they put up all these fences. And now this whole median that, that uh, is just fenced off. It all just looks like a prison or a war camp now. This area of Salt Lake yeah. is really strange. But in the when I lived there, it was still open. And uh, in the summertime, that whole median turned into a village. It was like its own little shanty town. And I remember these dudes who had... Like thirty bikes. Yeah, they'd be they on just, a bike. They're, they'd be well, they, riding they, a bike and, and they're holding two frames at the same. Yeah, time but they had like there like was that. when I walked when yeah. I walked past me because I like when like I'm taking Ethan to the park or something or if I'm, maybe I'm just out for a jog I don't have to walk through uh, this little village and there were these dudes. It was just crazy the stuff that they that they had uh, also procured like yeah. uh, those <laughs> giant umbrellas from like the outdoor patios of restaurants oh, and, yeah. and they yeah, constructed yeah. their own tents and stuff out of them. But there were these dudes who had in between their stuff just a row of like 30 bikes mm -hmm. all different kids yeah. bikes adult bikes men women bike like bikes without wheels bike and they just was just like these are the dudes who uh sell bikes well, this is yep. a, too, is that there's a currency too like that's the thing is it like instead of being like i'm gonna get some money to buy some drugs like i could give people things for drugs like yeah. that's mm -hmm. the thing is it i could get the same amount if not more uh of whatever i was looking for uh for drugs and sometimes i would trade i would i would i would get a bike and i would trade it for like a quarter ounce of weed and then i'd sell the weed and then i'd buy dope yeah nice that would be your whole day deal. when you're a tweaker is something like that yeah. like it's uh yeah. it's i got a, a bike yeah got some weed and uh yeah there were guys that were just like what do you need when I did sell meth, would just be like, "What do you need?" Yeah, and tell him what I need. And for me, it was always just like, "I need books on astrology <laughs> and Vanport. I want to know what Vanport was." And then yeah. they come back with the books, and then you'd uh, trade it. And so I, uh, it eventually just became my whole hustle was, I was like the spiritual advisor and uh, like like life coach, Jeez. and then I and and then it's natural medicine. Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, I was a pretty good. <laughs> guy. I liked my bike guy. I still got a. Uh, I still, I joke about it now. I have this joke because I got voted. Uh, they did this. Tacoma newspaper has a best of Olympia issue. Okay. And I got voted Olympia's hero. And I always tell this joke. I got voted Olympia's hero, and like. Man, that looks really good for me, but like really bad for Olympia. <laughs> and I'm like, all I did was stop stealing bikes. And they're like, this guy's a hero. Like, what kind of hero am I? What villain did I defeat? Me? <laughs> That's something I wanted to ask you. What is it like... Um living your whole life in that place like that's where you were when uh you were using and now you're 10 Honestly, years sober and you're still in that same spot the folks i used to mess with 10 years ago that i was getting high with uh either they're sober or uh or 
And there's just not a lot of folks left that I got high with that I mess with. What about, but the other people, like the law abiding citizens, the people who look down on you now that you're little, they knew about me Hmm. or cared to know about me too. I I don't think there was much of a, I don't, there is a lot of folks I had to go around and talk to people and, you know, I went around and made amends and stuff like that. And that was really hard. But there were some spots where, like, that stuff in Tenasket where I got beat up really bad in that bar and had guns in my face and stuff like that, like, I didn't go, like, I was like, should I go? And 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 my, like, advisor dude was like, no, like, <laughs> just leave that alone. Like, that was funny because I wanted to, there's this thing that happened, and I don't know if this is the right time to tell you guys this story, but it makes me really happy. And I think you'd get it. Oh, man, I, man, I think you should share that. Might yep. be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but back when I was working for the forest service, uh, I would work like two weeks on and then two days off, two weeks on and two days off. Cause I'd be out on these forest fires and the whole two days off, I would just get blasted for like two days cause I had money and I was doing a lot of Coke then cause I could afford it. Cause I would actually take Coke over meth like a lot of the time. Like that's just how I right. was built. Uh, but uh, I was just out of my mind and it was opening day of hunting season, which is like a huge deal in Eastern Washington where I was living at. And it was opening day of hunting season and me and this dude, Daryl went to this bar called Madonna's in Republic, Washington. And it's this gnarly spot. And Daryl worked for the Forest Service, and he was a very interesting guy. And Daryl was one of those guys who did steroids but was, like, proud of it, like, didn't care. Like, he'd tell people, like, yeah, I take them, and they're great. They get me pumped, you know? Like, and he was super pumped. Like, he was the best guy. Anyway, we're, we're at this bar, and he's letting me drink on his tab, which was a big mistake on his part. I'm, like, buying pictures. <laughs> I'm, like, buying pictures for other people. I'm, like, whatever, Daryl's funny, you know? And uh, I look over in the corner... And this gets kind of gross, but it's fine. Uh, I <laughs> look came over to the right, right podcast, man. <laughs> I, I look over in the corner, and Daryl has his finger in this girl's mouth. And he goes, Sam, get over here. You got to feel this. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, so I go over, and this woman grabs my hand, puts my finger in her mouth. She goes, do you feel that? You feel that? She couldn't talk. <laughs> right, right. Like, you feel that? And then, <laughs> sure <laughs> enough. On the roof of her mouth was like another tooth. Like on the roof of her mouth, but like for some reason, like I was like, oh, whatever, you know. And like, but uh, Daryl went back and did whatever Daryl did. But like, <laughs> I started talking to her, you know, because I don't know. I was like intrigued, and I was very lonely. And like, <laughs> I started roof tooth yeah, lonely, and we were drinking. We were we were drinking, and we were having fun, and it was cool, you know. And I'd been in the woods a long time. And then she was like, hey, what do you say we get out of here? And I was like, hell yeah, you know, let's get out of here, you know. And then uh, I don't remember a lot, but I remember I was like blacked out drunk and I was in her car and we're driving towards the reservation, the Colville Reservation. And it's dark and it's way out in the middle of nowhere. This is north central Washington, which is basically Alaska. Like it's just there's nothing out there. And we we go down this dirt road, you know, and then there's like this mobile home and, uh, she goes, Hey, I'll be right back. I got to go grab something. And, uh, she went into the house and then, uh, two big native dudes came out with shotguns (gasps) and I was like, that's that. Like, Oh my God. That's that. Like I'm done. And, uh, they were like, get out of the car. And I, you know, get out of the car and they go, give me your wallet. And I gave my wallet. I had like 43 bucks. 
Uh, and then they said, turn around. And I was like, this is it. Holy shit. Oh, this is it. And uh, what was wild was at that point in my life, this is probably, this is 2005, so three years before I quit drinking. Uh, I was like, I wasn't even like, I was like, whatever, fuck it. Like, um, I don't care. Like, this is, I was at such a bad spot. Like, that's like the scariest thing in the world is that like, I didn't really give a shit. Uh, I like, I didn't want to die, but also like, meh, you know, I had to go. It's bound to happen. You know, yeah. I had to go, <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't want to die like right then like that. It was wild. Uh, but I turned around and, uh, and of course, you know, they didn't shoot me, you know, and they were just like, walk. And so I walked down the dirt road out into the woods at night and it was opening day hunting season and it was cold. It was really cold. And I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts and I get out to this road. I get out to this road. I'm walking down this quiet road and, uh, I, uh, there's like big cliffs on either side and I know the sun's coming up and I see like the, the sky kind of lighting up, but I can't get the sun on me. And I know if I stop moving that I'm going to die. Like I'm going to freeze to death. I was so cold and oh I was God. just like this desolate mountain highway. And, uh, eventually I got to a spot where there was a dip in the mountains and the sun could hit me. And I, immediately started warming up and I like curled up in a ball in this ditch on the side of the road. Oh my God. And like fell asleep. Right. And anyway, I next I hear a car. And so I like jump out of the ditch and I put my thumb up. The guy picks me up and he's like, I saw you lying in that ditch there. I figured you needed a ride. <laughs> he picks me up. I get in the car. He drives me back to Republic Washington. And I went to work the next day. Like it was like seven in the morning. I go in. Uh, I think I, I you know, I, I must have eaten something. And then oh my I God. went to work with Daryl that day. <laughs> Holy shit. And Daryl asked me, he goes, hey, how'd it go with that girl last night? <laughs> and uh, I, was, I, I didn't tell anybody till after I got sober. Really? Holy fuck. Happened. Yeah. Really? So I didn't tell anybody for like four years. Uh, but yeah. Did was, you just tell Daryl like, yeah, that yeah, I licked me. that tooth all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it was uh yeah yeah and well someone's trying to was trying yeah. to get your attention a second ago so this is probably a great time to wrap up sam miller thank you for being yeah. on thank the you so podcast much. is there anything you want to plug people to follow you anywhere the best way man i don't mess with twitter that I'm the, i just never got into it and so sam miller comedy on facebook uh yeah like me enjoy me uh yeah, that's it. Okay, right. awesome. Thank we you. like you, and we definitely enjoyed you, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. If you put a woman and a man together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. <laughs> <laughs>